Welcome back to the 12-Sided Guys. We have Matt as Pine. Hi. Scott as Roos. Hey, that's me. Jordan as Ebby. Salutations. Sabrina as Nari. Hey there. And I'll form the head. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Voltron. Uh, that's me, Paul, by the way. All right. Thanks for coming along with us on this adventure. We've been blown away so far by the number of people actually interested in what we're doing. If you want to show us a little more love, you can check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash 12 sided guys. That's one, two sided guys. There are four options on there and any love you want to share is greatly appreciated. Speaking of patrons, shout out to our patron, Gina. Gina got access to my notes and word on the street. She digs it. And if you spent all your rupees trying to dig up a heart piece in a dark world digging game, then this podcast is for you. It's the Crystal Codex episode 13. I see what you did there, Paul. She digs it, and then you did the digging thing. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but I didn't say ruppies like I wanted to, but it's all good. Oh. <laughs> you know, I've always liked the rain, the way it patters on my metal, playfully plinking away, a sort of constant reminder of the change that is nature. The rain falls, the plants are nourished, mountains carved, rivers swell, life is renewed and restored. It is a sweet inevitability inevitability. After trying our hand at extracting information from Chancellor Ramsey, or who we now refer to as Applebottom, in order to avoid trouble on the road, we ascended the long dark stairwell from the ancient facility up to Lord Moshe's shrine. We need to rendezvous with Fallen Heaven, and we have days of travel ahead of us as we head towards the lake south of us and out of the mountains. I conjured some horses, drawing forth energy from deep within, and we traveled towards a spot where we could ford the river. We were hoping to beat the rain, which we were able to do, but unfortunately ran into some trouble with a pack of local red panthers. Nature preserved me. I tried to reason with them, but the voice of hunger was too strong, and they engaged us hoping for an easy meal. In the midst of battle, a beautiful Alaton appeared carrying a long, thin blade, an estoc. Pine responded immediately. He had a connection with the creature, and our power combined made short work of the beasts. May they rest in Artarian's care. The plants are nourished. Life is renewed and restored. Inevitable. Before the rain set in and before crossing the river, we found the panther's cave. They often prey upon travelers and were able to find a few supplies, which we might be able to use, including a lovely mithril shirt for Nari. My hope is that it may grant her protection for whatever may yet lie before us, for whatever may be coming, for the inevitable. Night is setting in as our four heroes, Nari and the boys, along with their captive, Ramsey, uh, a.k.a. Applebottom, make their way along the southern bank of the Long River, heading back roughly in the direction of Tabri. The rain has picked up. It is uh, nasty and wet outside. Uh, people are, uh, some people are hurt from the encounter that they had after leaving the uh, ancient facility where they had fought uh, Chancellor Ramsey. 
Pine is carrying the rear leg of a red panther that attacked them on their way, um, hoping that at some point he might cook it up and try it. Um, Nari is busy fiddling with some new armor that she found in uh, in the den of the red panthers, trying to see if she can get it to fit her. Uh, and other than that, they are traveling down this road as night is quickly approaching. Um, all right, guys. So you're on the road or you're not on the road. You're on the bank of the river. Um, you know that you're still uh, a ways out from Tabry, so it should be fine to stay along the river at this point um, before you get too close. Anything you guys want to do during this day of travel? I realize Pine hasn't smoked a cigar in a long time, so Pine's going to Pine's going to pull out a stogie and light it up. Okay. Did the rains stop or is it still pouring? No, no, no. It is. It is pouring. Here's the deal. This is what we're going to say. From here on out, until I tell you it's not raining, it is pouring. And that goes not just for this this episode. Man, Nari's seasonal depression is kicking in. <laughs> <laughs> Ruth says, welcome to Tabory. <laughs> um, as you guys are uh, uh, hiking down the uh, riverbank, um, it's starting to get towards night. Um, why don't you guys start making a survival check or perception check looking for a place to camp? Do you want to see that as a group or individually? Uh, you guys can do it uh, uh, as a group, one person roll, and then just uh, with an advantage. Uh, I, can, I can roll that. Abby can roll that. Okay. So Abby got a 26. Oh, man. That's awesome. Um, yeah, actually, you managed to find a little um, along the river. Um, the river, actually, it's pouring. It's not starting to swell yet, but... Ebby, looking up at the sky, you can see that this river um, very well may start, um, you know, um, start to flood here in the next couple of days if this does not let up. And just looking at the sky, I mean, it's clouds for days at this point. Um, but you do manage to find a little bit away from the river, kind of a, a hill. It's not a cave, but it's it's kind of the side of a of a little rise. And there's a tree on the top of the rise and the roots kind of hang up over um, over the uh, the side of the hill where you can huddle underneath and, and stay dry and also stay out of the rain. Um, and this very well may uh, also keep any kind of fire hidden from view uh, from the river or from people around. Um, it looks like it's a very, uh, you know, a, a very secure campsite that shouldn't, uh, uh, shouldn't be seen uh, from people wandering by. Perfect. I'll kind of relay that to the group. Actually, let me, let me do that. I think that this rain is likely to make the, to make the river itself raise quite a bit as we start to see the runoff come through. There's a hill over that way. I think that might provide us a little bit of shelter. I seem to see a, uh, a bit of an, an kind of an overcrop of roots that we might be able to huddle under. That sounds good. I want to get out of this rain. Yeah, I'm feeling a little bit miserable right now. Yeah. And you hear a, oh, 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 oh. shut up, you. That was my impression of Applebottom <laughs> Ramsey. We uh, we never said you could get into the shelter with us, Applebottom. <laughs> Is there room for crumbles? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? With the with the twenty six, I we would, we will say that your your Alaton crumbles. Your your uh, your uh, your steed will uh, will be able to stay under as well. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there was so much like sincerity in your question there. 
Crumbles is a very noble beast, I'm, I'm learning. I don't know how he would take to carrying Ramsey for a while. Yeah, be careful. I don't want any listeners to, to catch his real name. Sorry, Applebottom, Applebottom. I'll, I'll see if maybe for, t- for tomorrow's journey we can, we can put him on the back so we don't have to um, carry him. That's a good idea. All right. So you guys start to make camp. Get a fire going first off. It's a little bit difficult to find um, dry wood, but with your 26 that you got, Ebby, it's you, you managed to find enough dry wood that you can do your, your create bonfire and it'll just light up and, and, uh, and you have enough firewood set aside to keep the night warm for you. Um, it's not as cold as it was up in the mountains, um, but it's rainy and wet and you guys are wet. So, I mean, so it's a different kind of cold. It's that wet, just, it's that, you know, Portland wet. Um, (laughs) Deep into your bones kind of way. It's It's home. It's home. It is kind of home. All right. So um, you guys get camp set up. Anything you guys want to do for camp? Uh, How do you guys want to do watch or anything like that? For all my time in the military, I never really took up hunting. Does anybody know what to do with this? And I hold up my bleeding red panther leg that I cut off. <laughs> Nari will help prepare a traditional um, dish with with the panther leg. It involves a lot of like raw meat and a half-assed effort of cooking, but I think you'll <laughs> like it. Don't worry, dude. <laughs> uh, I was thinking this traditional way of cooking, it was just sticking out a stick and putting it over the fire. Until it gets black on one side, then turn it over. <laughs> yeah, like crispy on the outside, red on the inside. Hey, that that's a legit way to do it. They actually call it barbarian style. Oh, well, nice. awesome. we should probably take off the skin and fur first, but yeah. All right, well, whatever you want to say, weakling. Wuss. <laughs> <laughs> Says Ebby, who doesn't even need to eat. <laughs> yeah, Ebby doesn't even have a mouth. So, <laughs> and Roos is Roos has got the uh, the all of a sudden the ion stone of sustenance is around. It's like you know you know what guys I'm I'm fine I'm good I don't need to eat. <laughs> My taste buds are a little bit more refined than that. <laughs> all right, so you guys get this fire going. You get this um, this haunch of this red panther crackling and and cooking. Um, and uh, you guys have a tied up prisoner here who has had a bag over his head all day. Um, and uh, he is sitting there looking, you know, as miserable as somebody can when their hand is tied to their feet and they have a bag over their head. I, I fear this one might be slippery. Should we just, you know, take the bag off for a second just to make sure he's still the same person? Yeah, we can. We should probably at least feed him. Yeah, let's give him something to eat. Okay. You take the bag off of his head and you see it is... Pine sitting there. No, I'm just kidding. It is definitely still Ramsey. Um, he looks um, miserable. Like uh, his hair is all messed up. He's um, his eyes are uh, like bags under his eyes. He looks exhausted. Um, and uh, you he's still got the, the gag around his mouth. But he looks over at the at the uh, fire with the meat. And then he glances back at you, Roos. And he kind of tilts his head like. As if to say, you know, well, do I get some? Yeah, you were you were good today. If you keep it up, you'll get to eat tomorrow too. 
he kind of juts his chin forward, kind of indicating like the the uh, the gag. Like you, you can take it out. Okay, Russell will reach up and and untie it. Okay. Ah, he starts working his jaw. Oh, man, I don't know why anyone finds those things fun. <laughs> How dare you, kink shame! <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a fun day. Yeah, you were almost eaten. Yes. Yeah, they took one. They took one bite of you, and they sat, and then you should have seen the look on that panther's face. It stuck its tongue out and nearly threw up. <laughs> what I'm saying is, you're disgusting. Boo, boo. Yeah, apparently you don't taste very good. <laughs> I would say count yourself lucky. Well, next time, old man, maybe work harder on your insults. That was pathetic. I'm taking that as a I'm taking that as a personal attack, Paul. (laughs) (laughs) That was not me. That was uh, that was Ramsey who said that, not me. (laughs) Yes, Ebby, Ebby will kind of go over to him and will say, I know that you were attacked by one of those panthers. How are you feeling? Do you have any wounds? He kind of glances down at like his calf and he he kind of moves his leg a little bit. He says nothing that won't heal. Nothing that won't be fine by tomorrow. Well, with this weather, I don't really want us to take any chances. Um, Ebby's actually going to go ahead and use some Erdos touch on him. Okay. And we'll heal him. Okay. For nine um, healing points. Okay. And as I'm, as Ebby's doing that, um, Ebby's going to kind of talk to him and say, you know, you, you certainly don't owe me anything or us really anything. And I can understand if you would rather stay quiet, but I was hoping you might indulge a few questions. Uh, I would understand if you say no, but I am confused as to where I come from and, and what what people created me would you mind teaching me or sharing something with me make a persuasion check and the level of difficulty the higher you roll the less opaque he will be not so great ebby rolled a nine okay he says you're right i don't owe you anything this whole thing is ridiculous you'd be better off just letting me go but i will answer one question who made you we are all a product of our own environment and our own experiences if he says the word inevitable i'm gonna stab him (laughs) man we've got a philosopher on our hands here guys He nods at you, Nari, when you say that and takes it as a compliment. Well, I think I think you're you're not wrong. Um, I mean, look at the very creatures that live up here in the mountains. They have become hardy as a result of their environment. And they have, in a way, reacted to and adapted to the difficulties with which they face. Much like Fallen Heaven has adapted and reacted to the difficulties that the Empire has created. Yes. The Empire, Fallen Heaven. Yes. 
they create each other. And then he's all silent. Cool. I don't really have anything else. I, I, I want to try to like butter him up to get information from him, but I I have no idea how to crack that shell. So well, not with a nine. <laughs> yeah, definitely not with a nine. That's not that's for sure. Yes. All right. Um. So Nari, just so you know, that armor that you've got, you have figured out. Yes, you can. Um. You can uh, get it to fit you. Um. But what we'll say is that tonight, if you're taking a watch, that um during your watch, you'll just have to be working on it to get all the straps fixed and everything. And by tomorrow morning, you should be able to be wearing that mithril uh, chainmail. Yeah, you got to adjust it and such. That makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Yeah. And a couple of the straps and things were broken. So you got to move some from your old armor over to the new armor. So it's going to take like your two or three hour watch to get that all squared away. Take it in here. Let it out there. Let it out there <laughs> and there and there. Add some tasteful fringes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it ruffles? Was it ruffles? It was tasteful ruffles, I think. Tasteful ruffles. Add some tasteful ruffles or fringes or whatever. <laughs> when you said ruffles or fringes, it sounded like you said ruffles have ridges, which reminded me of an old commercial. But it also kind of sounded like Pine might be having a stroke. <laughs> He's just over there talking to himself. Ruffles or ridges. <laughs> uh, that's just what it sounds like. He's actually speaking Menorese to Crumbles. <laughs> Yeah, as you're talking to Crumbles, you, you feel like Crumbles understands more than uh, than uh, than you would expect, like a beast of burden or a you know a mount to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while, you just catch that little twinkle, that little. It's not like it's whatever. Not, it's not like it's like winking at you, but just like the eyes are very very blue um, on this Alaton, and it it very much reminds you of the eyes of uh, uh, Field Marshal Kennig. Um, all right, the uh, the haunch of the Red Panther is done. Uh, sitting there, um, Ramsey is uh, starts kind of licking his lips a little bit. Bone apple tit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have my uh, scarf of comprehend languages on. Uh, was, that, was that French? <laughs> I'll hand the uh, the haunch over to Pine and let him have a have a nice big taste before we hand it over to Ramsey. Oh, we're doing we're doing it like family style. Just take a big bite off of the turkey leg and then pass it to your neighbor. Did you not want a traditional experience? Well, very much so. So Pine will take the first bite. Okay. Uh, it tastes fine. I guess it tastes <laughs> just tastes fine. Sure. Um, I know. I so there are people who like hunt um, like cougar and stuff. But I don't think that they eat the cougar. Do they eat cougar? I know you can eat I think bear. You can. I'm yeah. sure someone does. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you you can you can eat it. Yeah, I it's don't, I don't I don't know if it's any good. Although I hear that black bear is actually really delicious, but you will like for sure get trichinosis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, but black bears are more omnivorous too, so they'll they'll eat other things that might actually taste good. Um, so anyway, we don't need to go into um whatever uh animal <laughs> husbandry. The circle of life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. It's nice okay. and warm, juicy meat uh, dripping down your chin. Red meat on the bone. <laughs> Thank you, Gimli. <laughs> so yeah, uh, take a take a couple bites, hand it, around, hand it around the campfire. Perfect. All right, somebody's gonna hold it up for uh, for Ramsey. I take it because his hand is still tied. Russell, hold it up for Ramsey. Just okay. whap him in the face with it first, and like, oh, sorry. 
as he's taking a bite to try and get a little rise out of him, I'll say, we took turns holding that uh, pizza shield thing over our heads for a little bit of cover from the rain. Hopefully that doesn't damage it. He, uh, well, why don't you make a, I guess, intimidation, I guess. Roll a 13. Um, he rises to the bait a little bit and he says, um, of course, children like you would, would do something like that with, with, uh, such a, an important object. A key, right? A key. He stops talking. The night goes on. You guys finish up this haunch of meat. Um, and then, um, it comes time to start sleeping. So who wants to do the first, uh, watch? I mean, I don't mind doing that so I can get to know this armor a little bit. Okay. Whisper some sweet nothings to it. And then, Ebby, you're staying up too? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm always up. Yeah. So, <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, why don't you guys make some perception checks? One, one of you make a perception or survival check with advantage. Um, I think my survival is my stronger skill, so I will do a survival check. And you said with advantage? Yeah, you guys are helping each other. You're both awake. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I got a 26 on my survival. Oh my <laughs> nice. Could have could have been a natural one as the other roll. So I'm glad that it was a lot higher. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's a very good roll. Um, at one point, um, you start to hear some movement. Um, not too close, but a, a little bit. Um, a little bit coming in towards the fire. You realize that probably the meat um, has attracted some kind of a predator. So you take the remains and you you toss them out in the woods and um, and you're able to keep uh, keep anything at bay that may have been approaching. Um, and other than that, your your watch goes uh, just fine. Uh, Nari, as you sit there working on your armor, you manage to get the straps kind of replaced, all the damage done. You try on different pieces, and um, yeah, it's very lightweight. You feel like you can move a lot better. It also makes a lot less noise as you're moving around. So um, in the morning, you have uh, mithril chainmail on. Nice. I'd like to do a little fashion show for Abby and make sure everything fits well and chat with him about that. <laughs> make sure the ruffles look good. Exactly. Most becoming. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> awesome. She starts strutting down the runway and everything, then the catwalk. All right. Um, very good. All right. Um, then uh, next watch. Final did that one. Okay. All right. Fine. You wake up. Um, as you wake up, you notice that actually Crumbles wakes up too and uh, kind of keeps uh, keeps its head alert and looking around um, as you are as you are uh, uh, awake. Okay. okay. You guys can do the survival or perception check as well. Let's let's do that the same way uh, again, Ebby. <laughs> yeah, Ebby, sure. Ebby, roll a twenty six again, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, watch as I roll like super bad right now. Oh, twenty five. All right. right. <laughs> At 35. All right. Yeah. Um, the only thing that happens during uh, during your watch is you guys start to hear some far off thunder. Um, it sounds like it's way far away and you don't see the the lightning flashing or anything like that. But you do hear like the rumble of thunder coming down off the mountain. Um, so it does sound like the storm is getting worse. Uh, but it's still I mean, like the, the, the nasty parts probably way up in the mountains still. Um, yeah. Other than that, if you guys want to talk about anything or do anything. Well, it be. I'm reminded that when we the night we left Tabory, uh, we heard some predators in the in the woods. Do you suppose that that was the Red Panthers? Could they have been tracking us for that many days? 
Hmm. I suppose it's possible. I, you know, I, it, it is, especially in these mountainous regions, food can be scarce for certain predators, especially large pack predators like that. So once they catch the trail, they may uh, kind of put their determination towards it for a set period of time. So it's entirely possible. <clears throat> the fact that you were able to explain that in the natural world and not something supernatural gives me comfort. Yes. Well, I mean, it could also be that Lady Harleal was telling them to track us down or something for having disturbed her shrine back at Tabery, but I'm not really one to make a judgment call on that. Good throwback. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> the goddess of the cat ladies. <laughs> yes, anyone who's listening, just remember that the, she's the lady of cats. So, we haven't really had a chance to speak, Abby. I, I, I was wondering how you're feeling. The, um, the way that Applebottom used your people. You know, I've had a little bit of time to kind of think about that as we've been traveling. And it does worry me. And it frustrates me, the thought that they perhaps had no control over such a thing, that they were being used and manipulated, it feels like this horrible perversion of, of a people, of, of something, a culture. I don't know what we are, but it does seem like some, some sort of abomination that I think the Empire has manipulated and created. At the same time, I hold no, there, there was no reservation on my point or on my part for having to defend ourselves and for having to destroy those other deacons. Um, it's just the natural way of things. Yes, I, I see. I see. I just, when the, um, when Applebottom somehow caused the others to become explosives, it had me worried for you. I worry what kind of control the Empire may be able to exert over you if we're not careful. I think you're exactly right. And I think that is just a further indication that we should take extreme precaution whenever we can, especially as we approach civilization. There was one thing he said, though, that stuck with me when we first were speaking with him, trying to interrogate him for information. He actually asked me how was it that I was... Uh, awoken, I believe. And with something of that nature, it, it makes me feel like perhaps there's a way, perhaps they are actively suppressing and keeping the other deacons asleep. Perhaps there's a way that we can combat that spell or power that they're being, that they're exerting on the other deacons. And then I might be able to actually fulfill that mission that Neum tasked me with we might actually be able to awaken them. Imagine what that fighting force may be like. Oh, yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, the Empire has pumped so many resources into controlling the deacons. You said, you've told me before about the facility where you, where you awoke. Do you suppose that the, um... Ah, uh, shoot, I just saw that, Paul. I saw you rolled. Dang it, we're not being careful about what we're talking about. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there is a prisoner who's potentially eavesdropping, but Pine didn't realize that. 
Do you suppose that there may be answers at the facility if if that's where they're processing you? Maybe that's where that block is put in place. It very well could be the case. When I when I woke up, they it was almost as though they they were hoping that I would be more docile, less less alert in a way. When I began to ask questions, they assumed that I was defective and they tried to destroy me. Hmm. I fear we'd be walking into the lion's den, but it seems that maybe our path will lead us there. You know, I hate to say it, but I think you may be correct. For a time, for years following that uh, the escape, I was glad to leave it far behind me and hoped to never see it again. But over these last, especially over the last weeks, I keep feeling like there may be answers there. Well, I'm with you to the end, Ebby. To the place of your birth. <laughs> that means a great deal to me. So tell me about this sword and the Aelaton. What a, a marvelous creature. Have you not seen them before? I guess they're not necessarily native here. I've seen, I've seen similar types frolicking about, but they're always quite uh, aloof. Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, uh, the sword itself, it was the weapon of... Um, Field Marshal Kennig. He was the the commander of all the forces of the Menorese Legion. He came to me in a vision and told me that he would help. Unfortunately, in life, we did not part on great terms. I was wounded, both physically and in my pride. And I wouldn't see him. And he did not last through the, the war with the Empire. Ah, uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I feel like there may be a way to make amends now. I don't know, it's all very new, but this sword has seen many battles, and I feel more comforted having it with me. Yes, I would say that its presence here would indicate that there is some form of that that relationship has been amended to some extent. As you are talking about Field Marshal Kennig uh, and you talk about your relationship and how it might be, you know, mended a little bit, um, the Aelaton rests its head on your thigh. Uh, mm. Fine. Yes. And I'm, and I'm sure in some way he sent this magnificent creature, Crumbles. I, you know, I call him Crumbles. My wife, Petal, she had a pony that she loved. She named it Crumbles. I thought, what more fitting name for such a magnificent creature? It's a beautiful name. At first, I thought you were calling it Crumbles because it may in fact actually crumble, <laughs> and I'm glad to hear that it won't. Well, as far as I know, I've never seen an Aelaton with a crystal horn. Yes, yes, indeed. But, yes, so, maybe... Maybe I was feeling nostalgic having, you know, recently spoken with someone from my past, but I feel comforted having crumples here as well. I feel, I feel reinforced. And I guess we'll spend the rest, of, we'll spend the rest of the, uh, of our watch just chatting. Okay. Yeah. Your watch goes on. Uh, just some distant thunder is all you hear. Um, crumbles kind of stays close to you, Pine. Um, 
Yeah. All right. Your watch ends. Uh, Roos, it's your turn to join Ebby uh, for a watch. I love this pattern. Just throwing <laughs> that out there. Uh, yeah, so Roos <laughs> will wake up and, and uh, kind of notice that all his clothes are still damp, but you know, <laughs> is what it is in the rain. So he'll kind of scoot over and sit next to Ebby looking out. Yeah. All right. We'll do the same thing. Perception or survival? Uh, any preference? Uh, why don't you roll this one? <laughs> All right. I think I'll keep going with survival because so far, so good. Uh, Nat 20 for a 27. Oh, gosh. So it was a 25, a 26, and a tw- oh, sorry, 26, 25, 27. <laughs> yeah. Damn, dog. <laughs> Nothing is going to sneak up on you this night. I'm surviving so hard right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, you, and you give it a 26 to find this spot, too, I think. Awesome. No, great rolls. Awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. So you guys sit there. Um, you can still hear the thunder a little bit um, in the distance. The rain actually starts coming down a little bit harder um, in the night. Um, there's little rivulets coming down like, kind of along the bank behind like that. What's it called? The 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 wall of dirt behind you um, and how it kind of overhangs. There's actually little rivulets of water coming down and kind of not leaking into the area where you're at. But it's definitely started. The, the ground is starting to get saturated. Um and so it's it's kind of going to be harder tomorrow night to stay dry if this keeps up. Um, okay. So anything you guys want to talk about? Uh, yeah, Ebby's got one thing he'd want to ask Roos about. Um, so Ebby will kind of turn to Roos and say, You know, Roos, I know that prior to our time together, as we've been adventuring these last this last week or so, I know that you used to occasionally do work with the Empire through your connections with uh, with the Howling Talon. I've got to, I'm curious, what are your thoughts about how that relationship will go moving forward? Are you concerned that you will have been implicated in some of these events and may find work difficult? I'm confident that fallen heaven or i'll get at least do my best to guarantee that fallen heaven will take care of apple bottom for us so that it doesn't come back to me and my employer as i explained before i they've contracted our work out for certain certain criminals and certain escapees if you will between you and me um i've even actually hunted fallen heaven before Oh, goodness. And with Kira being whom she is, that must be a complicated story. Yeah, it makes the relationship between us a little bit tense. And there's more there, but maybe around a different campfire when it's not pouring rain and we're not miserable. Do you even feel the rain? I imagine Ebby just kind of sitting there with water plinking off the top of his head. <laughs> plink, plink, plink. It's <laughs> raining? <laughs> is that what that is? I can feel the cold and I can feel the rain. It's it's strange. I don't have flesh or skin as you do, and yet I can feel when things touch and what whether they're warm or cold, soft or smooth. Whatever the case may be, it's as though I had some sort of skin, but it's as though it were numbed. Roos is going to quietly poke Ebby in the back 
and I'm going to roll a sleight of hand. Okay. <laughs> I got a 15. I'm going to, I guess, I don't, let me see. I just want to, my goal is I'm trying to have him feel the poke, but not notice me come up for the poke. Yeah, I would say, I mean, that, that would beat my passive kind of perception on anything. Okay. So that I would say that you succeed. That does not sound like consent, though, Scott. So, <laughs> Bruce, we might need to have a conversation about this. Whoa, whoa. Personal space, bro. Oh, come man, on. I'm sorry, Abby. I just, I thought that's where this conversation was headed. <laughs> sorry getting mixed signals i thought are we doing this are we doing this <laughs> were, you, were you just trying to put your arm around me oh my oh oh so when when i was first uh like one of the first dates i went on with my wife um uh we went and saw a movie and i was trying to like you know gently like rub her back or whatever while we were watching but apparently i was so delicate she like wasn't even sure I was touching her, and it was just kind of like creeping her out the entire time. I have no Not idea how we made it. Walking on her, exactly. <laughs> if, there's, if there's one thing that Matt and I know how to do, it's creep out the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, awesome. Okay, so Roos poked Ebby in the back to see if he could feel it. Ouch! Why would you do that? Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought you were lying. Like when you told me you could feel things, I just you're made of metal. That doesn't make sense to me. So I I guess I had to uh to test it out. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And you know, curiosity killed the cat, they say. Ha <laughs> ha. And such. Well, we also killed the cats too. So <laughs> we sure did. We sure did. All right. And you guys continue talking as um, the, the sky starts to get lighter. It's not actually day. I mean, I'm sorry. It's not it's not actually bright out. This, you don't see the sun because it's still so cloudy and rainy. But morning comes. You guys all kind of rouse yourselves. Um, and it's time for another day of travel. Um, and as you look at the sky, clouds for days. It doesn't look like this is going to let up anytime soon. Perhaps we should conjure more horses to put to put some more ground underneath us. That's a good idea. Is there anything you could conjure that might be more sure-footed in the, uh, in the wet ground? Hmm. Let me see. Um, I have seen these large... I mean, there's elk, and they are often up here in the mountains. Let me see. Wolf spiders? Oh, I love spiders. <laughs> Do you like spiders? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there's a story there. Is there something I'm missing? and uh then there's also these large mountain goats i've seen them i think i could conjure something similar to that well whatever you think would be best for this environment it's definitely spongier walking around this morning than it was yesterday indeed hmm let me see i suppose i still think the horse may be the best bet at this point but the giant goat could be fun. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe a giant duck with his big webbed feet could just, you know, wouldn't sink in the mud at all. Can you do giant ducks? Giant ducks. Giant ducks. No, I don't think I've seen too many of those. I've seen big ducks, but not giant. Nothing that I feel like I could ride without squishing. Oh, that's a shame. That's a real shame, Abby. 
<laughs> Mine sounds so disappointed in Ebby right now. Ebby <laughs> feels it, and he turns to himself and under his own breath says, I do feel things, you know. Feel all sorts of things. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so you're going to do horses again? Pine will be riding crumbles no matter what you summon, so. Okay. Cool. All right, are you going to do horses again, do you think? Yeah, yeah, we'll just do horses again. All right, same deal. You guys strap uh, um, Apple Bottom Ramsey to, uh, to a horse. You guys, the rest of you mount up, and you're going to push it as hard as you can. Well, may- maybe not with crumbles, because crumbles... Crumble- well, I guess crumbles is technically... Technically... A fey creature. So I don't know how how would that work? Because it doesn't like pop in and then pop back out. I mean, it could. Anyway, you, you, get, you, you get what I'm getting at. I understand what you're getting at. So as far as uh, crumbles and like death because of the way that the spell works. Don't worry about it, I guess. Okay. Um, if Crumbles dies um, in game, um, Crumbles is a fake creature. Cram- Crumbles can come back. Is that what you were worried about? Yeah, just because if we if we push it, like Crumbles is sticking around up after the uh, summon spell ends, is all I'm saying. Right. So, okay, well, we'll push it. Is that okay, Crumbles? Well, can, you, can you keep up a fast pace for the next hour? Shakes his head yes. Okay. Let's go. All right. Let's see. What would be a good check for everyone to do to ride a horse? A- animal handling? Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Um, how about everybody makes an animal handling check? Roos rolled a 13. Nari rolled an 8. Ebby got a 20. I was thinking that I should have advantage on this because it's my steed spell but it, i don't <laughs> but i got a 16 anyway all right um as you guys are riding and pushing it um nari your horse it doesn't like get hurt or anything but you guys have to slow down because for whatever reason your horse just uh maybe it's your size maybe it's because you're so big that i mean it, it looks like <clears throat> i mean no offense nari but it looks like you're like an adult riding a pony um you know uh your feet are practically touching the <laughs> touching the ground <laughs> maybe not that big but um but yeah you guys try to push it and just with the weather and the slick um you know the sl- slick conditions and everything you guys are not able to go as fast as you would like so instead of doing like a triple speed for this hour you're doing about like a a a, a speed and a half or a double speed so still better than walking but not as fast as you had pushed it yesterday Damn it, can't you conjure a, a giant moose or something? <sighs> this horse is weak. No, your feet are touching the ground. <laughs> it's like a kid when you're riding a bike, but the, the bike is too small, so you're like scooting your feet along with it, and you're not even pedaling. Like, that's kind of what you're doing. You're helping the horse along by scooting your feet along the ground. Nari, do you think a giant duck would serve you better? I do, actually. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, man, that's so funny. All right. You guys ride for about an hour before the horses disappear and you guys are back to slogging uh, through the mud and uh, and the rain and the miserableness. All right. Um, after a few hours, I want some. Uh, we'll have everybody make a perception check. This is right around noon. 
Can we also say that after that initial round of writing that we'll put uh, Apple Bottom on the back of um, Crumbles? Sure. And I'll walk. All right. You guys rolled some perception checks. What'd you guys roll? Bruce got a 17. Hein rolled a 21. Nari rolled a 22. Uh, Ebby got a nat 20 for a 24. <laughs> oh my gosh. There is, okay, so with all the rain and everything and all the nastiness pouring down um, around you, uh, there's no reason why you guys should have spotted this, but everybody rolled great. Um, and um, as you guys are kind of walking along the bank of the river, you know you're still a ways off from Tabery, probably at least a day's hike down the river before you approach Tabery. Um, probably more like two days, actually. But you um, see coming up above the trees, you guys all kind of notice at the same time, you see a couple wi- uh, wisps of smoke coming up uh, through the trees, like up above, uh, up, above your, uh, up above the tree line. And it's in the direction that you are traveling. About how far away would that be? Um, give or take, I don't know, um, maybe 50 yards, oh, okay. 150 feet for our Canadian friends. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's so how the metric system fi- fi- works, Paul. <laughs> 50, 50 yards would be like, what, like 47 meters? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. But you guys all noticed it. Ooh. We should be cautious through here. Should we we send one person ahead to to scout before we approach the smoke? I can scout ahead if you guys want. But uh, one of you has to keep a a close eye on on Apple Bottom here. I can hold Apple Bottom. He's he's on the back of uh, Crumbles, but... uh... Yeah, Roos is just... Since this is his profession, he doesn't, like, trust you guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, Nari, if you want to hold the rope that Roos has had tied around his waist, then, yeah. I think I can do that. I'll, uh, I'll walk up to Roos and kind of pat him on the shoulder and say, Well, may Lord Balthas luck be with you and give him a D4 nature's blessing. Awesome. I typically have Jaffa with me. I don't have good luck but i appreciate the the kind gesture and i'll set off towards the smoke okay uh why don't you make a uh, stealth check rolled a 22 stealth okay you manage to stay pretty well hidden you go from tree to tree you manage to avoid stepping on anything um you know too dry which is actually pretty easy at this point uh no cracking limbs and things because everything is so sopping wet and in fact just the the constant downpour around you helps to hide your um, your approach. Um, as you kind of wind your way through the trees, you can tell that up ahead, it opens up. It's like the trees, um, they, well, um, why don't you make a perception check, actually? Rolled in nine perception. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so as, you're, as you're going through, you can tell that, that the trees kind of open up, um, like it kind of thins out. But before you know it, it's like artificially thinned, like you can see stumps and everything. And you step out of the tree line before you realize it, before you duck back in. Your 24 um, or your uh, your 22 stealth, though, is enough to probably keep you hidden. Let me just make a, a check real quick. So here's what you see. Um, as you um, step out of the tree line, um, you uh, you see ahead of you, there is a, a large building. It looks like it's a it's kind of a. Uh, 
a nice stone building. It has like a, a wooden um, uh, porch that goes around it. Um, you see that um, it looks like it's one story, uh, but it looks like it's really well made. Um, off to your left, you can see as the river, the river comes right by the kind of right by the house. You see a separate little building um, there by the river. Um, but uh, you see actually a couple things um, here um, at this house. The first thing that you see, you see that there's like a, a, a very tall, very large man, looks about the same size as Nari. Um, but he's dressed not like a warrior. He's just dressed like a, a laborer. And he looks to be um, like stacking wood up next to the house at the back or at the door. You can see that there's a little staircase going up to the landing and then there's a door to go into the house. You actually see um, a, a soldier of some sort standing there at the door. He looks fairly relaxed. Uh, but as you look at him, you recognize the similar look of like uh, a constable from Tabory. So you see he's got that blue um, gambeson, that padded jacket underneath his armor um, that you have had seen so often when you were in Tabory. Um, but the third thing that you see, probably the most, I, I, I would be the most excited to see this. You see a very large woolly ox in the field laying down or in the grass laying down by the house and chewing on the grass and then it stands up and moves about five or six feet and where it had been sitting you see a very large egg <laughs> porthos possibly omelets <laughs> it, it does look i mean this looks a lot like um a, a woolly ox that you had seen before okay this building does it have any sort of signage in front of it uh no it does not um with your perception check of 14 nine i only got nine. Oh, nine. uh no it, you see a doorway you see a door and you see some windows um but the windows look like they're leaded um and also it's it's so rainy and wet that it looks like some of the windows are, are fogged up you do see that there are um there are two chimneys on the roof and this is where you saw the the smoke coming from a smaller chimney uh on kind of on the on this north side of the building where you're at um and then uh, a larger chimney towards the uh, other end of the building um and uh and uh that's got smoke coming from it as well okay russell step out of the out of his hiding place and say ho constable and kind of walk slowly towards the building okay uh, the constable immediately sits up and like and, like grabs his spear and grabs his shield he glances over to his right at that large, basically half giant man. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, he uh, looks kind of for some reassurance. But then the constable steps down off the porch and he says, oh, there, who's coming? What, what are you doing here? Oh, I am. I've been traveling uh, the wilderness here. We left Tabory a couple weeks back up into the, to the mountains and we're coming back down and hoping for a little bit of shelter. I've got uh, a group of people up the up the river just a little ways is this an inn or is this a uh some place where we can hold up for <laughs> get out of the rain for a minute he says oh oh no th this ain't no inn this ain't no inn this is uh this is uh this is the retreat of uh of maya joyce and uh her husband lars this is their retreat uh from tabory oh oh um you being a resident of tabory you would know that the mayor um uh for the last like eight or nine years has been a woman named Joyce. Okay. Has she been here the whole time when the Imperials came and occupied? 
with your perception of nine, you can't. He he shuffles his feet a little bit and he says, "She she's been here for a while." I was looking for some shelter, but uh, if this is not going to be it, do you know any any places along the road? We're headed south. Oh oh, there there ain't no places uh no places this side of the road for a ways. Hmm. Um, I could uh. I guess if you're looking to get out of the rain, I could I could go ask and see if if maybe there's maybe there's a space for you. Would you kindly? I mean, just just for a couple hours. I mean, I we've been traveling for a long time, and I am miserable. Okay. Does, uh, yeah, yeah. Just just stay here for a second. And he goes over and he talks to the big guy. Um, and then the big guy goes into the back door and disappears out of sight. The constable, uh, he's kind of. Stands over here close to you, uh, making some chit chat. So, uh, so uh, Tabry, huh? You, a couple weeks, you say? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm I'm originally from here, but I I work for Howling Talon, and I had a a target that I've been after and got him, and now I'm headed back. Oh, uh, he glances over at your glove. And he's like, oh, oh, Howling Howling Talon. Oh well, uh, oh well. Uh, let me. Uh, I'm sure that might sway some opinions as well. Then. Yeah. All right. Well, and look, we're not trying to inconvenience anybody. After a while, um, the the large man comes back out and he says something to this constable. Um, and then uh, then the large man goes back inside. The constable says, it sounds like uh, Mayor Joyce would be happy to to meet with you and and I'll offer you some shelter if if it would uh, if it seems to be all right with her. But it's of course, it's all up to her. That sounds wonderful. Now. I'm going to have to conceal the identity of the man that I have with me. So if that's going to be an issue, then we'll just keep going down the road. Okay. Well, that's something to take up with her. Okay. Well, I'll walk up the, I'll walk back up the path, back to the party and say, I'll, I'll be back just in just a moment. I have a few traveling companions. Okay. And then you turn around and walk back up the path. Yeah. Yeah. I'll walk back up the path. Everybody else, what were you guys doing while while Roos was away? Ebby, in anticipation of there being people, is going to kind of rewrap himself up and cover himself up. Pine, as usual, when he's waiting around for Roos to do something, was looking for rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Did you find one? Well, let's do a perception check. Oh, no, probably investigation, (laughs) huh? 17, I found a good one. I find a nice flat one I'll put in my pocket for skipping later. <laughs> there you go. You got, you got a nice skipping rock. Awesome. And Nari's probably spending her time just making sure that the prisoner's, you know, where he's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah, why don't you, um, why don't you make an investigation check on him? Ooh, a three. You don't know how Roos tied this knot, and you have no idea how to undo it. And that's, that's about all you can figure out. I'm going to ponder that. <laughs> All right. Uh, Roos comes back into the, uh, uh, to the group. All right. There's a, a building up ahead. If we want to get a little shelter for the night, we might be able to talk the mayor of Tabory into letting us board up for the night. I, for one, would like to get dry, maybe get a warm meal, cup of coffee in the morning before we hit the road again. The mayor of Tabory, that's... I was wondering where she was. For all the hubbub, we didn't hear from her or see her at all. Yeah, I... Now, I haven't been in Tabry for some time, but... 
I did ask the constable that was there. Apparently she's been here for some time. Hmm. Did, um, do you know if news has reached them about what had transpired in Tabory? I'm sure it has. Maybe, oh, this seems like a risk. This seems like a gamble. Well, we can keep going down the road, or we can try and get a warm roof over our heads for a night. Ebby, Nari, what do you, how do you feel? Well, do you think that that the mayor would normally let someone from Howling Talon in just based on that information? Or does this seem like special treatment? Because it seems a little suspect to me. I can typically get into places just by mentioning my employer. Most people want to be on the good side of the law and on the good side of people that hunt those that break the law. People try and treat those with the Howling Talon well. She might try and find the identity of the person that we have, which would be a problem. But, man, I am miserable in this weather. I I think I kind of want to take the risk, but it's up to the party. I think, personally, I think that it may be worth some risk in order to learn what we can about what's happening in Tabory. Specifically, what is the Empire doing over the last little while? Are they, you know, burning and pillaging the countryside, trying to find... Applebottom, or have they taken off and left Tabory alone? So it may be worth at least a couple of us perhaps going in and maybe a few of us staying out and keeping our guest company. I'd be willing to stay outside and stay behind. Or what if we dressed Ebby up as the prisoner and Roos and you and Ebby can go in and then we can hang out and see what happens. <laughs> yes, that sounds like a great idea. We'll hang out in the rain for hours overnight. I forgot the most important thing. I'm pretty sure I saw Porthos there. Oh. Oh, Porthos. Hmm. Yeah, if anyone's wondering what a woolly ox looks like as I'm describing it, picture a musk ox, uh, but like, like the its shoulder is like nine feet in the air it's massive this it's a it's a musk ox the size of a bantha there may or may not have been a very sizable egg left right there in the grass that sounds delicious i could use an omelet grass eggs are my favorite (laughs) (laughs) it would sure beat that uh that leg from last night oh no but but nara you did a great job you did a great job but it wasn't an omelet (laughs) <laughs> I can't argue that I don't want to leave Ebby out though and I I don't want to be far from Apple Bottom oh I can't eat omelets <laughs> pretty sure it would clog something important <laughs> try to stuff it some, in some, some orifice that you have there on your face <laughs> see like I imagine I, I do have this idea of Ebby drinking like liquor and stuff to like replenish little stores inside his body so he can use it for casting fire fire related spells so i imagine he has like a little metallic straw that sticks out of his like mouth vocal box thing so i imagine him trying to suck up an egg through that it's just weird (laughs) just a weird thought (laughs) just depends on how runny it is (laughs) how about this abby why don't you go and keep old porthos company and you can sit outside with Applebottom. 
I think that sounds like a lovely idea. And and Crumbles will keep you company as well. Did you by any chance see Gerard or just Porthos? I only saw Porthos. Hmm. Well, it might be nice to, um, it might be nice to converse with, with, uh, Gerard again, maybe browse his wares. Let's, let's see if he's there. Why don't we, why don't we head back? All right. You lead the way through the, um, through the trees. Um, and as you, uh, as you come back to the, to the, uh, to the building, you see that Porthos is still there. And actually, as you come out, you see it's Porthos. It is Porthos because there's Gerard. And he's actually petting Porthos as he's lifting this egg up out of the grass and kind of cleaning it off a little bit. And he kind of sniffs it a little bit. And then he turns around and he and he sees you. The constable is still there. And the the tall man is uh, back outside, back over by the, the wood pile. Looks like he's stacking wood or something. Um, but Gerard, he sees you guys approach. And he sees and he goes, oh, my friends. You, 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 you survived the mountain. That we did, and you doubted us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did have to keep the old one alive a couple of times. Oh. I'll kind of nudge Pine in the rib a little bit. <laughs> I, I sure hope that those gobloids and and uh, that they did not bother you too much out there. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully, you didn't have to use uh, all of my my wares I sold you last time. Oh, don't worry, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, gobloids were the least of our worries. Oh. But we found our quarry. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then there's a, there's a, as chan- do you guys have apple bottom on the back of um, Crumbles? Yes. At this point still? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, you, you found what you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Oh. Well, well, fantastic. Well, I, I, I'm going to go back in out of the rain. I just I had heard that uh, the the constable told me that Porthos uh, he holds up the egg. He says that Porthos left me a gift. So uh, we're going to have this uh, for a, a late lunch. Well, that sounds wonderful. Can we join you? Uh, well, that's that's up to the to the mayor. Um, I think she wants to meet with you. That's what they were saying. So um, yeah, why don't you uh, why don't you come on inside with me? Yeah, I'll take you around to the front. In we go. Can uh can I get a read on him? Does he seem like he's uh all on the up and up? All right, make a make a an intuition or an insight check. Okay, I rolled a natural nineteen for a nineteen. We're rolling ridiculously high this game. Amen. This it's evening, been so crazy. It has been wild. Okay, so uh, here's what I want you to do. So you made an insight check. Yes, I want everybody also to make um, a perception check as well, just to kind of get a feeling for this whole sitch. Um, Pine, your uh, insight check, you you get the impression that Gerard is genuinely pleased to see you okay. and to see that you are not dead. Okay. Especially you. Okay, awesome. Well, Pine did roll a six perception, so... <laughs> I was going to say, and I roll, Ebby rolled an awesome eight perception. Right after you mentioned that, Matt, it's like now we're going to roll terrible. <laughs> Roos got a nine. And oh I got a ten. You know what, though? This feels more like classic D&D. Like, I mean, <laughs> we were feeling, I was feeling a little too invincible there for a little bit. This is really grounding me. Oh, golly, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, so yeah, you see, I mean, this house, it looks like it's well made. It's, uh, it's kind of like a retreat, like a... Uh, it's stone, but it has that kind of log cabin out in the woods feel. Um, I mean, just approaching it, you can tell 
that it's probably, I mean, I can give you a little bit more details. It's probably, it's like, you know, like 60 feet across. Um, it looks like it's pretty long, like, you know, 80 or so feet, uh, 80 feet long. Um, single story windows. You do see that there's two chimneys. It looks like there's smoke coming out of uh, both chimneys. Um, and again, like I said, over here along the bank of the river, there is a small little building that Gerard is currently walking past to take you around to the front of the house. Uh, in fact, he's up on the he's up on the porch, and he kind of waves you to follow him. Roos will follow him. Is the plan that Ebby was going to stay outside? Is that what we had said? Yeah, I think that's what we said. Okay. Outside with Porthos, and before Pine follows, Pine will say to um, to Crumbles in Menorese because that's the language that he understands. I'll say, um, I'll basically tell him, if anything starts to go wrong, you take Ebby. And you take Applebottom, and you flee into the woods. And I'll tell that to Ebby as well. It's like, be on the lookout. Crumbles will take you swiftly, should you need to escape. Very well. We'll, we'll go a few miles back up, back up the roadway, and then wait if something were to happen. Okay. And then Pine will follow. Okay. Awesome. And then Nari's following too? Yeah. All right. As you guys follow around, you see that this little building along the uh, along the river, as you come around it, you see there's actually a dock, like a small uh, five foot dock that goes out into the river. And there's actually a very a small like river sailing boat there. It looks like it's probably about 20 feet long, about, you know, seven or eight feet wide. Like a, like a keel boat. Yeah, like a little keel boat. Um, it looks like there's a there's a couple paddles. Um, on the on the uh, on the dock next to it, so you can row it if you need to. But there is a single mast and um, and a sail that's uh, currently uh, tied up. And then you follow the porch around um, to the front, and there is a double door at the front. And Gerard leads you in. When you walk in, you see that the the center of this building, uh, this house, um, it's like the there's like a, a long kind of uh, entry hall uh, it's about 20 feet wide and it's very long like uh almost the entire length of the house and it's this inlaid black and white uh expensive looking tile in there uh at the in the hallway you see that there's a man he's nicely dressed um wearing you know uh fairly rich looking clothes uh he has a Sort of a, a Hulk Hogan-esque mustache with a <laughs> goatee. I mean, it's kind of like a, a musketeer type of a look. Okay, I was going to say, is but is it Hulk Hogan or is it Hollywood Hulk Hogan? Uh, you mean where he's got like the the, the, the fake black shadow? As well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and no, it's a, this is a, this is more of a Hulk Hogan, um, just regular Hulk Hogan. Um, but he uh, he's standing there and he kind of nods as you uh, as you walk into the entryway. And he motions to this first door uh, on your on your left. So as you walk into this room, you see that along the walls, there are actually three doors on each wall. Um, and then there's one door straight ahead at the back of this hallway. Um, but he motions for you to go to this uh, this door to your left. I, I'm guessing you guys are going to walk in. Yeah, I'll walk in. Yeah, yeah, I'll come in. As you guys uh, walk in, you see that there is a. Uh, sort of a middle-aged, um, sort of uh, round uh, woman, uh, you know, heavy set. She's got spectacles on. She's got brown hair, kind of down to her shoulder, but it's uh, it's got wisps of gray in it. 
Um, she's also dressed very nicely. Um, anyone who's spent time in Tabri, not so much Nari because you're still relatively new, but Pine and Roos, you would both recognize this woman as the mayor. Uh, she is Mayor Joyce. Um, she stands up from uh, her seat. This room that, that they uh, motioned you into looks like some kind of a reading room. There's uh, like bookshelves all around and there's a couple of chairs, nice uh, stuffed chairs. Uh, she uh, motions you and she says, yeah, oh, please, please come in, come in, come out of the rain, make yourselves comfortable. Thank you, Mayor. And I'll step into the room. As Pine as Pine enters, he goes to like uh, greet her, would like take her hand and give it a kiss and says, Your Honorable Ladyship. Nari kind uh, of awkwardly and stiffly walks in, but nods her heads and says, Thank you so much. Um as uh as you guys walk in, um the mayor turns back to uh the the nicely dressed man with the Hulk Hogan mustache, and she says, My dear Lars, would you mind getting a fire in the other room so that uh, we can, our guests can warm themselves? And he, he nods and says, oh, of, of, of course, dear. And he heads into the room uh, straight across the hall. So she married the butler? <laughs> <laughs> Never said this guy was a butler. I said he was dressed nicely and he had a Hulk Hogan mustache. And then Gerard follows uh, the man that they called Lars into this other room. Okay. Um, so the mayor is there. She says, please, um, ha- have a seat. Uh, and there's only one seat, but, um, please, uh, have a seat. Russell motion for either Pine or Nari to take a seat and he'll lean against the side of the chair. Nari will kind of nod at, at Pine and, and let the old man take a seat. Pine ever the gentleman will say, oh no, no, Nari, please. We're going to spend the next 15 minutes trying to decide who's going to sit in this chair. <laughs> We're all just so damn polite. Okay, fine. I'm, just, wait, I'm just waiting for somebody to sit down so I can make the fireball trap go off. Okay. <laughs> well, Pine rests his tired rump in some soft cushions. Oh, it is very soft and very comfortable. And everyone should be envious of Pine. Bruce <laughs> is definitely regretting his decision to, to not sit. So uh, the mayor says, so tell me, you are, uh, what are you doing out here, out in the kind of the middle of nowhere? I work with Howling Talon, and I had a mark that I was hunting out this way, and I found him, and we're traveling back through. These are some of my traveling companions. And I'll motion to Pine and say, this is the gentleman Pine and the lady Nari. (laughs) Lady. (laughs) <laughs> and I'll bow my head and say, and I'm Roos at your service. I actually grew up in Tabory. Oh, you grew up in Tabory. Uh, what, what part of Tabory? <laughs> the muds. We lived there our whole lives. Oh, oh, yes. Yes. You know, we, we keep trying to pass uh, some funding to, to pave the muds, and it's just, it's never in the budget. Yeah, maybe next year. <laughs> Yeah, it won't ever be in the budget, but that's okay. Well, I too was once, as, uh, was re- until recently, a citizen of Tabory. So, uh, okay. Um, you can tell that she's a little bit um, off balance. Um, she says, well, um, any news of Tabory? When was the last time you were in the town? Uh, I I've haven't been in Tabory for oh golly we've we took a vacation and um I've been I've been away for what 30 32 33 days 
Mm. We were thinking of heading back here soon. Before the weather gets too terrible. Mm, yeah, no, nothing new. <laughs> I mean, have you, how isolated have you been out here? Seems like you would have runners bringing you news of, of Tabery. Probably nothing additional we could tell you that you probably haven't already had news of. I, I've heard things. I, I heard that there was a, an, an imperial presence that uh, arrived, and um, there were some, there were some imperial dealings that needed to be taken care of, but but nothing that uh, needed my direct attention. So um, I opted to 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 stay and, and enjoy the rest of my time here. Well, it's true. Yes, the um, that there was a contingent of soldiers that arrived from the empire and stayed in in Tabori for a while. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so you're with Howling Talon. Um, I, I can offer you, um, a night's rest here. That would be fine to get you out of the rain. I appreciate that. We are always, uh, grateful for the, the service that you do. Um, you know, I've actually hired Howling Talon once in, in, in the service of Tabery, uh, believe it or not. Um, so I, I, I'd be more than happy to pass on a, um, the kindness of, of the mayor of Tabri to, to you, uh, a representative of Howling Talon. I, I appreciate your kindness. And if you ever need our services again, you know how to find us. Does she seem like scattered? I make an insight check. Yeah, it's super suspicious. All right, I rolled a 15. She is, um, she is, yes, she is scattered. She is, um, you get the impression that, um, she is trying very hard to appear like she doesn't care, but she is trying to get information for from you, um, without seeming, she's sus, she's sus. (laughs) You don't think it's, um, necessarily malicious, but, um, she's definitely, she's definitely not, um, comfortable okay but she's she's trying to play it off as if she is well with that impression then pine is going to take a different tack here and say um well we'd appreciate the uh you know the the fire and 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 a roof over our head for an hour or two maybe share a meal with you but i think our journey may take us out of the area before nightfall oh well, surely you can stay here and, and warm up as long as you need. Um, and we, we do have food that's being prepared. So we are, um, apparently there is a, a nice egg that will be, we cooked up for a, for a late lunch, early dinner. So uh, hopefully you'll stay and join us. I understand if you must be moving on though. What has kept you away from Tabri so long, if you don't mind me being so bold and asking? Vacation. Um... My husband and I, um, we needed to to get away. Um, and with your insight from before, you know that she is not telling the whole story. Um, we Just, go on. She heard Pine kind of start to, and she's like, "Oh yes, yes, mm-hmm, yes." Does this have anything to do with the um, the magister? Has he been? I'm again. I hate to overstep, but has he been? Usurping some of your typical responsibilities? I think that everybody's passive perception is better than that. Um, you instantly sense her kind of tense up uh, 
when you mentioned the magister and she says, "Oh no, no, no! The magister, the magister has been great. He, uh, uh, he leaves us alone, and um, actually, he's he's let me run Tabory how I see fit. No, nothing, nothing's wrong with the magister. You get the impression, I mean, just from your passive insight, that she's not necessarily lying, but she does not want to talk about the magister." Is the Magister here? Abby, Abby I need you to um, make a perception check. Ooh. I'm a little bit scared now. Or survival. I'm a little bit country. Ooh, nat one for perception. Oh, man. All right. I am, I am full on staring at the sky. Just <laughs> head cocked back. Just like, wow, look at those clouds. <laughs> really pretty i was thinking you're like standing between crumbles and porthos and you're like oh you're fuzzy and you're fuzzy and he's like oh fuzzy fuzzy i can feel which one i can feel (laughs) i can feel i can totally feel you're just kind of oblivious (laughs) crumbles is out there can crumbles make a perception check or do you want not want to do that it's okay if you don't want to like i don't i don't want to have i don't want to like insert myself too many places with all these different um you know, I don't think crumbles would make a. I don't think crumbles would make a perception check. Cool, cool. Yeah, I was gonna say, let this play out, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ebby, you are just out there enjoying the rain plinking off of the your metal skin. Um, uh, so Roos, Pine, and Nari, you guys are are still in the library with uh, Mayor Joyce. Roos will clear his throat and say, "Let me be clear. He's not my Mark, not my Corey." Is the Magister hiding here? She, um, she says, why would the Magister be hiding here? And I, I am making rolls, just so you know. And you might, your guys' rolls were amazing. Um, and my rolls have been terrible. I rolled a three and then I rolled a two. Um, you see that she starts glancing off to the side, which you know is is a very common tell when somebody is lying. Russo say, that's fine. I I knew that he had skipped town when Fallen Heaven attacked Tabory a few days back. It was kind of a loose end. I just didn't know where he had gone. So good to know. Good to know that he's hiding here and that the two of you have a good relationship. She is at a loss for words. She kind of gathers herself up and she says, um, maybe, maybe it's best that you move on now. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I would like to speak with Gerard a moment. I, I have some, some things that I'd like to purchase. Oh, of, of, of course, of course. All right. Yes. Um, yes. You, you can see yourself out. As we get up to leave, Pine will say, Know this, the people of Tabury, they rose up. Whatever he tells you happened, the people of Tabury, they, they stood for themselves. And they stood against the Empire. As you say that, she kind of tips her glasses down and she looks at you and she picks them back up and she says you not just you know I rolled a natural 20 she goes you 
you, you're the, you're the one who, who wrote, you're the writer, aren't you? Oh, no, that, that's a, that's a man named Bert. <laughs> uh, deception check. Fall back and just throw him right under the bus. <laughs> Selling Bert out. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. <laughs> I'm not selling out Bert if I say that Bert has already been tried and convicted. So it's not. Yeah, it's not he's like, a lost cause. No, no, it's yeah, not. That's I'm justice. Just, <laughs> no, I'm that just makes saying. It okay. <laughs> I'm just saying the public record already says that he was the one writing those letters. Yeah. Um, so she does not believe you. She says, no, no, no. I've heard your name. Pine. Pine. You're the author. Where did you hear that name from? Oh, wait. Oh, uh, I guess you didn't. You did introduce yourself. Yeah, yeah, you did introduce mm-hmm. yourself. It sounded like she said that she knew that name associated with the letters. So, okay. Uh, that is what she said. Oh. Where did you hear that name from? And how did you hear it associated with any writings? She kind of... Um, Slumps down in her chair and she says, Mr. Pine, I should have put a stop to you a long time ago. Why didn't you? Why didn't you try? Maybe, maybe because I liked what you were saying. But, I mean, your, your writings, they, they ruined everything. Are you a prisoner here? Prisoner? No. No, not a prisoner. But I do see my life, the life I've known for these past seven, eight years, I do see it, I I see that life coming to an end. Mr. Pine, I think there's somebody that you'll want to meet. Then she stands up from her chair. Am I still kicked out? I I have to go, or... She looks at you, and she says, If you're with him, you can stay. Okay. Why don't you come follow me? Okay, I will will go. uh, I will follow her um, about five or ten feet behind her. Okay. With my hand resting on my sword. Okay. Um, Nari, are you coming too? Oh yeah, I'm coming. <laughs> okay. Roos is going to follow, but he's going to pull Gigi out of his pocket, and I'm going to whisper to Gigi, alright Gigi, I need you to go keep an eye on Applebottom for me. Let me know if something happens, and I'm just going to throw her back towards the door. Okay, yeah, she just flits out the door and around the corner. Um, she's still close enough if you wanted to, you know, kind of quote unquote look through her eyes you could yeah 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 i I figure it's some sort of telepathic communication or whatever that we have that that she'll let me know yeah so she takes you um down this main hallway um to um to this door that's kind of straight ahead and she opens it into the kitchen and then takes you out through the kitchen back out into the backyard where you guys were before and then she Takes you around to the side. She sees Ebby and she's like, oh, uh, hello. 
Um, oh, I didn't see you there. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Where did you come from? <laughs> Snuck right up on me, you little lynx. <laughs> You're a strange young man looking at the sky. Okay. She takes you over to basically almost right where Porthos was grazing, but up against the, the porch, because um, the porch is kind of raised up. Um, it's about three feet off the ground. And she goes to a panel. Um, as she does, the constable kind of comes over and he says, uh, ma'am. And she goes, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. And she puts a key into a little tiny little hole and click and a door opens up. Um, there's a ladder going down. Um, and she says, uh, follow me, please. And then she descends down the ladder. All right. I follow again. Super cautious. Yeah, head on the swivel, but I'm I'm curious. All right. I need to know what's going on with um, Ebby and Applebottom. I think I think I'm probably going to just stay out and stay with Applebottom. I don't want him to try like try to make a break for it, nor do I really want him to go down into this tunnel and have them be like, who's that? I seem to recognize that person. <laughs> right. A one-armed old man? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. What? He doesn't only have one arm. <laughs> Why are his feet chained up? That's weird. All right. So um, as you guys come uh, down the ladder, you see that this is like a storeroom. You see um, there's a weapons rack down here. You see barrels of like um, alcohol or beer or water or something. You see bags of food. You see crates. And uh, the mayor comes over to this wall of crates and um, she kind of slides one over to the side. And then she turns around. And she says, could, could one of you help me? I'm 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 not as strong as as you are, probably. Russell glance at Nari. Yeah, Nari can come over there and give her a hand. I was saying Nari as well, but I was on mute. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> All right, Nari, you you heft these uh, crates aside and as you do, you see that there's actually um, the, there's no wall behind these crates. It opens up into a natural cavern. She says, if you wouldn't mind following me. And she steps out into the cavern and then she starts calling out. She's like, I'm coming down. I'm coming down. Please be aware. Don't 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 uh, shoot. She leads you into this natural cavern and then immediately it takes a right and heads down another path into an open chamber. Um, in this open chamber, the first thing that you notice is um, there's some bookshelves on one wall. Looks like there's a desk with uh, like uh, some crystals piled up on the desk. There's also a little fireplace um, built into uh, the cave wall um, there on the, on the east side. Um, there's a bed down here. There's a couple natural crystal formations. You actually see, strangely enough, what looks like three graves three like mounded mounds of graves with little headstones down here and then um sitting in a nice plush chair on an expensive carpet in the middle of this cave you see um magister colbury is sitting there he is staring at you with his head on his hands and he's kind of tapping his fingers together appraisingly the first thing that you notice about him is that his aloofness and um, his kind of unaware attitude that he seemed to have is completely gone. And he is looking at you and the only 
way I can think to describe it is looking at you like a predator looking at prey. And that's where we're going to stop for tonight. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for joining us again uh, for another episode of the Crystal Codex. Uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying this adventure. Some twists and turns this time. Um, some great rolls from our party and some terrible rolls from me. But uh, that's how it goes sometimes. Anyway, if you like what you're hearing, go ahead and tweet about us. You can tweet about us at 12sidedguys. That's one, two-sided guys. Go check out our Patreon. Wait, wait, hashtag, hashtag 12sidedguys. Oh, not at 12. Yeah, I, I don't know how Twitter works. I don't know how uh, the tweets work. At, and that'll, that'll be at like our... That'll message us. Yeah. yeah. You guys know how Twitter works who are listening. So go ahead and tweet at us. However that happens, um, you know, check out our Patreon. Send us some fan art if you want to. That'd be awesome. Uh, and then other than that, yeah, we'll we'll be back next week with more of the Crystal Codex. Until then, have a great night. <laughs>